You know what we should do is get a picture printed and autograph it and put it in a frame and send it to him. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. Augie, stay deep. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Go. The Great Dive Podcast with your buddies James and Brando. So, um, a couple things for you here. Uh-oh. Old Nathan comes in yesterday. Old Nate. With his, with his kid, Augie. Yeah. He, uh, he gives me the old, his version of the Great Dive Podcast intro. The kid. Augie, yeah. I know Augie's <laughs> a big fan from what I understand. I, and, uh, and, um, I, I guess told me before. Nathan shot me a message. He says, he, he flips on like the new podcast as they're driving home. Yeah. And he says, Augie says to his dad, I got really got to meet this Brando. <laughs> 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 well, anyway, so see, see the new addition to the, oh, uh, to the wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got this cool picture. I'm trying to figure it out. It's it's just weird it oddball is weird. art. It's a skeleton with a, with a, a CB that, hard hat. Yeah. Oh, it's not a Mark V. Hmm. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. No, so he's in one of those Seab helmets, mm-hmm. standing above a bucket. Kind of cool, kind of weird. He's not standing, though. He's like floating. His pelvis up has no, there's no well, cause femur Well, because his legs and femur are the, the bucket below him. It's, it's, but he's a, it's odd It's not connected. Art, but it fits into my collection <laughs> well, of it, oddities. I'm not saying it's not cool. And old Doc was at the, uh, yeah. this like, Oddities convention show. Yeah, 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 I it. saw. Yeah, he he sent me a, a pic. I was like, dude, that's nice. Grab that for me. That's pretty cool. And then he so we rolled in with this kid who uh, Augie who says gives me the welcome to the great dive. Yeah, he does his little <laughs> impersonation of us. It was great. That's cool. So hey, yeah. Speaking of pictures, hey everybody, welcome to the Great Dive Podcast. You're here with your. Favorite number one picture taken scuba diver, oh. Wolfiel Schwartz. <laughs> Wolfiel. And his favorite modeling for photos dive buddy, Shark Johnson. And is not he's not so bad at photography dive buddy, Shark hey, Johnson. Hey, man. There we go. Thanks. Yeah. It's the truth. Well, well I'm, not, I'm not as good as the master. I don't know. I think you're pretty damn good. I don't, and I hesitate to call myself the master. But... I, get, I get nervous to... To try, I really need you to take that step. A, I really need to make the step into a better camera. Well, once once you move into that uh, that SLR I'm afraid, range, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. Is my problem? Yeah. I, I know my tendencies. Go. It's worth the trip, man. <laughs> what's What's the worst that can happen to you? A long, strange <laughs> trip. It will have been. <laughs> That's the problem. What's the worst? You're going to lose a couple ten grand. <laughs> 20 grand <laughs> quick quick i know that's the problem yeah oh you can do it a lot less expensive than that you can do it very modestly priced and especially you know somebody who's got extra gear that you can use to get your your feet wet so to speak your fins wet you're good give it a shot you yeah, you understand with, the basics yeah and it, it, i'm getting more and more comfortable with going completely manual on the camera and it, it's it seems like it just although it's much more difficult to get started it really opens up your possibilities with creativity right once you really get the hang of 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 the comfort with all those settings you have a lot more power is in the sense of you can take pictures in places that normally if you just put it on auto you'd have a tough time right and, like a, and get those different shots like you want a completely black background you know and just the diver or the fish or whatever 
the subject floating in it. You can do that with full manual in the middle of the day. In the middle you know of the day, perfectly yeah. sunlit mm-hmm. with uh, with blue, turquoise blue water, you could get mm-hmm. a completely black shot. Right. With just the subject lit up like it's like it's middle of midnight. Right. If you know what you're doing, if you know how to do that. Yeah, pretty awesome. So stuff like that, I mean, and and or, you know, get those wide angle close-ups, those wacko shots, those wide angle close-ups where you have the diver right near the camera and you you light them up it's, and and you expose for the background, which could be that cool shipwreck or school of fish or whatever you've got in the background, that wide angle background and that close-up subject like the diver. Oh, yeah, right. Or right, a yeah, shark yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Or like so, we had the issue like a couple weeks back where we were running late for the charter and didn't have a chance to get new strobes. batteries for yeah. your strobes. So we had to scrap the strobes, or you had to scrap the strobes. I scrapped them, man. But you still took the camera. Fuck you, strobes. <laughs> <laughs> but you still took the, the camera, and because of your well, comfort with the settings, you were able to yeah. go down and get some shots. Where typically, some if shots, you're just but, running, just yeah. if you're just doing a dive like that with a uh, with just running it automatic, you, you're really limited into what you're going to be able to bring home. To a certain extent, yeah. Yeah, you're still, the strobes give you a lot of power. I mean, a lot of flexibility, and that's what I mean by power. Give you a lot. Yeah, of, but so that's what I'm saying. Is like, yeah, we still didn't yeah, have that. Still because you didn't have that aid, pulled out a couple shots. I wasn't super happy with that shoot. Well, no, because we 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 didn't have you, what you I wanted. What you wanted. Yes, they were okay shots. They were still okay. I mean, they were still absolutely decent shots. I didn't post any. Just I looked at them and said, "Very amateurish." I said, "You're better than this, man." I had to go look in the mirror and go, <laughs> "Come on, goddamn it!" Slap myself a few times. You're in a slump. You're in a slump. I spent all yesterday processing photos for a photo shoot. Speaking of photos, my eyes hurt. My eyes hurt. Well, how many pictures did you look at? Well, there were only, I mean, how many photos I gave the client? There were only like 37 photos for the client. I took about... 37,000? No, 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 no. I took hardly, I took maybe 100. Oh, nice. And a, you yeah, know, Most people today... With, yeah. with the digital world, they take a hundred yeah film snaps, hundred snaps of yeah. the one thing. Well, there's a problem with it, you know. That's where you're like, I hate digital photo because it takes me hours to process, and a lot of people don't even pro. They just throw them all up. You know, I've I do work with my kids' soccer team, my right, youngest right. boys. So I've always done the photography on the most of the teams, or at least I was one of the photographers. Um, but I when we start. You know, we're in the on the boosters, which are kind of the parents that do all the stuff, get everything together for the team, all the volunteers and stuff. So I run the photography part, and I always want to tell these photographers that come in, like, listen, we don't need all your shots, okay? If they're out of focus, throw them away, okay? If they're at the back of a kid's head, throw them away. If they're boring, throw them away. If they, if it. It is just irrelevant. If any of you took them, if any of you took them, just throw, let's start by throwing. But we away. get they just load them all up. So they took twelve hundred. They load them all up and go. Here you go, Brandon. Post these. I'm like motherfucker. <laughs> and then you do. You know, you run the banquet at the end of the season. So you do a little slideshow. So you have to go through freshman, JV, varsity. All those photos have to be gone through oh, and picked. Yeah. So if you've, that's so why I tell them. Listen, go through your photos. Pick only the best. If all you get is 10 from a game, awesome. We have 18 games, 20 games. I just and, bought and this three new teams. I just bought this new Canon <laughs> yeah. Rebel from Walmart. <laughs> all I take are the best pictures. Yeah. And then they don't have a good lens on it, you know. So it's not it's it's like a wide angle shot of the whole field and you there's a little kid out there kicking a ball. Of course you've got, you know, 5000 of that the shot. The back and cars going in the background. That's more in focus than the kids. Just stuff like that. You go, "Listen, learn what makes a good photo, right? And and then go from yeah, there." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's interesting because I have this fan favorite of ours of photography and yeah. particularly underwater photography. We're always getting people emailing us and asking us questions about that. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. And I know we got a, and, a uh, message yeah, so last week. Yeah, so we're overdue. And I found this article by Elena Wu from Deep Blue Mag. Wu's a pretty cool last name, if you ask me. I would like that name. Wu. Wu? Yeah, Brandon Wu. That sounds like it just rolls off the tongue, too. It rolls a little more off the lip. Wu. 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 Yeah. Lou would roll a little more off the tongue. 
Lou. Lou. Okay, you mean? get everything. I see what you're saying. You got to be literal, don't you? <laughs> it's just an expression. Uh, anyway, so out of uh, Deep Blue Mag, uh, deepblue.com, there was an article. Is it Deep Ten, Blue or Deeper Blue? Deep Blue. Deep Blue, okay. Deep BLU, I should say. Deep oh, Blue. Oh, nice. BLU.com. 10 common underwater photography beginner mistakes. Only 10? Just 10. Just 10. We had to narrow it down. (laughs) Forgetting to put your your camera in a house. It's not underwater. How about this one? Taking your GoPro too deep and crushing it. (laughs) Yeah. I just... That's a... I don't know what that GoPro was. 400 whatever it was it was a six it's gone now yeah yeah that was um there that was shocking weekend. because the yours was right next to me right right and the housings rated uh, i thought 200 feet yeah and we, we were weren't. we were close to that but we weren't that deep no it it shouldn't have crushed and it at cr- the same housing and the the housing held the camera crushed on the inside that was so bizarre well i think the pressure pushed that that back plate in i don't and i looked at the back plate it's the same back plate you have so what are uh, some of these mistakes? Common mistakes. Have you did you went through this article already? Yeah. Have you ever made these mistakes any of these? Well, a lot a lot of them are classics. Okay. I mean, uh being uh being the dive shop guy. Mm-hmm. You don't get it as much today in the digital world just cuz there's so much media out there that um People don't walk around or, or really bring in their photos like they used to. Right. Like twenty years ago, yeah. Some, some like somebody uh, came back from a trip. They were coming to the dive shop with their photo album, right, to show, to show you. you. Or they'd have a post trip party, or, and or you'd have to watch slides. Or more, more often than not, yeah. they would just come in with the envelope of all oh, their right. shots, all right? And you're like, you know. This one's of the bird fish, and this one's of the lobster. I remember. And this one's of the eel. And this, oh, shit. This is my wife. Wait, this is the eel know. again. Okay. <laughs> this was my eel. Whoops. Don't look at that one. That's, that's just wrong. I remember you telling me, though, that you went on a trip, and one of the uh, – oh, this is more video, though. He shot, he shot video of the – one of the guys on the trip shot video of the dive, and he proceeded at the party at the post – Post trip party to show the entire video of the dive. Oh, and he, yeah, no, yeah. Editing no editing was editing done whatsoever, just raw video. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we'd have the the, the post trip parties, and each each, <laughs> each diver would you know because you're yeah. there for a couple of hours, so yeah. you're looking at photos, and everybody throws up their little video with whatever their little music thing is, and edit down about ten minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be under you're, six yeah. minutes. You should you, make it under. Oh. It should be one song. One good song, kind of highlights, maybe a little comedy, a little drama, a little yeah, beautiful well, you know, shot. You know who was, who was good at doing that? It was old Mike K. Oh, was he? Was yes. Mike yeah. Oh, he always put together a nice Mike little, K. little Yeah, video I can imagine. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a pretty a good, smart good, dude, good, and he's fun, got a creative, happy. Yeah, likes to work with that. A little, uh, little, little tech, comedy in there, too. He's, he's, yeah, he's good at that stuff. Yeah. Big shout out to Mike for uh, getting that TGDP publicity all over the Caribbean for us. Nice work, as usual, Mike K. But these are, are a lot of just the, the classic photo faux pas that you go, oh, oh. I'm going to see uh, how many of these I've done. Uh, I'll be completely honest uh, and say if I've done it or not. I'm going to say that I've done probably 100% of these. Now, I love the way she starts off this article. She's like, because my friend this- James Mott is a great guy. <laughs> Because this is something, she starts right off with something that more divers need to hear when they decide they want to take pictures. She says, are you ready to start snapping photos under the sea? Great. Now you have an underwater camera with a housing. Let's get in the water. But wait a minute. Make sure you're comfortable with your diving skills and buoyancy. Wait a goddamn minute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've heard this before. I've heard this before by some folks. That is the biggest thing with being an under, underwater photographer, isn't it? Well, You've yeah. got to be able to dive well. And when you walk into the dive shop and you say, hey, I want to buy a camera, there's no way the dive shop is going to say, 
why don't you wait a minute right. and get better at your buoyancy first? You say, why don't Although you buy they, two? <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> Although they should say that. I, I get it. You can't because you, you got you to gotta make the sale and you got to... It's not your business. You, you gotta, yeah. it's, it's not your business. And But What you, I mean, it's not your business. Your business is to sell these people. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You as the diver need to have the internal awareness to know that I am ready or I'm not ready well, let, to be on this dive with a camera in my hand. Let me just ask you this. In the diving community, is there any inkling that there might be a, a lot of overestimating of your own abilities? <laughs> Slightly. Well, you should probably be required to sit down and watch a mm. video of yourself <laughs> but for, you a also... whole, for a whole entire dive. <laughs> Yeah, with somebody right. Watch, watch how much you use in your hands because those are gone now. Those are basically gone. You just all oh, right. They're yeah. taken. So if you're using your hands a lot, you might not be ready. This could be like a Jeff Foxworthy. You <laughs> might be redneck if it's like you might not be ready for a camera if you are doggy paddling. <laughs> yeah, no kid. Like when people come in to the shop and they ask for one of the wrist mounts for their GoPro. Like I get, I, <laughs> I get motion sickness in the conversation. I was just say, thinking you're just about picturing just it, thinking what this about, video is going to yeah. look like, or the head mount. Like, who wants to like? Oh my gosh! If like, you've got look, a head look, mount, who's going to want to watch that video footage? You need you need Dude, to be aware that you have a head mount, and you have to be very. It's it's kind of a I don't know the video from a head mount. I've seen it. It's it's. It's bad. It's horrible to watch. It's, bad. it's not enjoyable to watch at all. Plus, if you just bump your GoPro, now it's like looking. <laughs> you think you're filming everything. You got a lot of fin tips, yeah, yeah things yeah, like yeah. that, because you're standing up looking down quite a bit <laughs> underwater. Yes. Anyway, yeah, good movies, good good uh, photo shots. You need to be a be able to use your hands, and and b it's got to be very purposeful, and you have to have an idea of how to dive. If you're diving smooth and not erratically and jerky, there's a better chance you're going to come out with a good video or a good uh, still. Yeah. So uh, she, she goes on to talk about how you're taking pictures and you start to realize that you're unhappy with your composition. Right. You look at your pictures. You look it's at somebody like else's pro. pictures. Yeah. Like, damn it. What am I doing wrong? Right. Look at you know Brando's pictures mm. and you look at somebody else's pictures. I always think that composition is my very, very short suit. Like the actual... Not that I do horrible. I have a basic understanding. But like you watch some people, you know, like you have an artistic eye. That you you can see some people just have like my daughter with her little phone camera can take a beautiful shot. Uh, she has a really good eye with what makes up a good photo and what draws you in and leading lines and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and I think I've got a good artistic eye. Right. And you have the, the other end of that is the, the technical. technical aspect of the, yeah, that's of where the mechanics of the camera. I have that strong. I think that's left-sided brain is your your technical engineering. Right, and, and then the right, right side sided. of the brain is the the, the creative. I destroyed in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> well, here are a few problems that underwater photographers encounter, and the first one she gives us is no prominent subject. That's a huge. You've got to have a subject. I remember this in in learning photography. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just like boom. It's it's like the people that you know take the picture that you were describing earlier of their kid on the soccer field, right? And you got the whole soccer, soccer field, field, this the bus it's driving the by, the garbage <laughs> truck, the houses, exactly. the tree, like everything's in there. And you're like, "There's Tommy right there." <laughs> you can see he's yeah number thirteen, I think. Right? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how much much you see that. You know what would be great for these is they show examples of. Oh, you got so, one. So okay, there you go. So there's yeah. that top picture. It's a right. great little scene. It might make a great video scene if it were moving still. But as far as a photograph, I'm not sure what the subject is. She says, this is common in a wide-angle landscape photo. You want to include everything in the frame but end up with no strong foreground subject. The reef image has a lot going on but lacks a subject or focal point to direct the eye. Don't feel bad for taking shots like this. Just try to think about finding a distinct subject for your foreground. And when you when you think of just diving on a reef and you see some cool little critter mm -hmm. and then you turn your head to your buddy to say, hey, come look at this. And you look back at the reef and it's 
lost in there somewhere. Yeah. It, it takes it's, you a couple of minutes yeah. to, oh, yeah, there it is again, right? Because it, that subject is so big and busy, you need to well, be able to concentrate. Yeah, 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 the scene That's is big and there's Let no... Let alone you just like snap that whole thing. Well, what I remember from like all the... I've, I've had a little bit of schooling and I've had, uh, of course, I've done all kinds of silly online courses as well and and listen to videos and, and read books and all that kind of stuff. So all of them show, I like that they show examples of this is a, this is a photo with no clear subject. This is a photo with a clear subject. Can you have two subjects? Some say yes, some say no, whatever. But the whole idea of the subject is you need something that draws your eye right to it, right to it. Like this is maybe a little off topic, but kind of on topic. So I'm watching this silly show with my wife. Who It's called... The Bachelor? No, she doesn't watch it. <laughs> the Somerset Murders, which is, I think it's Netflix. I don't know what it is. But it's, I don't know when it was made. It all takes place in England. And it's a series of, a, it's like a detective in small British town, English town. And there's always murders. So the one scene that just comes to my mind when you talk about where's the subject... Okay, first there's a woman died in this bedroom. She's locked in it, and she died. She she was poisoned. She's laying on the floor. So the scene is he busts the door in because the door was locked. And they, it's like the camera is his eye view, right? It's okay, moving yep, around yep. the room. So he busts, busts the door open, and his eye goes right to the mirror, well, the wall with the mirror and the dresser in the bedroom. Then it goes over to another cabinet, and then it goes to the floor like eight feet in front of him with the body lying on it. Now, in reality, if you broke open a door, where's your eye drawn? There's a body lying on the floor. (laughs) You take in the whole scene with your eyeballs. So that's why I was like, you know, the camera production, the cinematography is wacky. If you had a scene, that picture, your eye, the subject would be the dead body. Not the mirror on the wall, not a, not a dresser, not the door handle of the other door to the bathroom or whatever. Dead body. Boom. Scene. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I see what you're Something saying. Something like, draws your eye. That's the subject. And there are things to help accent that now a, they may talk about. So like a busy, like, like a busy reefy shot. Like, like even There's if too you wanna, many things. Yeah, so even if you wanted to capture just the, oh my God, this reef was so mm-hmm. busy and alive with all of these wild fish. You would have to create, to get a good photo, you would actually take a picture not of centered of that reef, but it would almost be like the contrast of the the, the sunlight coming through the blue water, yes, and yes. then you, in the peripheral, you, you see the contrast. busyness, right? You, yes. You got to create that artistically. I think you hit it right there, because you can make the reef the subject. It doesn't have to be one fish. You can make that reef the subject, but if all you have is reef... Your mind's like, there's what do what's I look different. At? Yeah, what do I look right? at? Whereas if you have, like you say, a little bit of the water background and the sunlight coming through, then yeah, the reef can be a, is a better seen as the subject. And people, this is a hard one to get for some people. It's like, what's my subject? If you want the reef to be your subject, well, you're going to have to contrast it somehow. You're going to have to draw your eye and the viewer's eye to the reef, not searching that reef picture, like, oh, there's these pink fish, there's these blue fish. What's the subject? Right. You just want it to go. Otherwise, all you have really is a, your version of a Where's Waldo puzzle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> In your mind, I wanted a picture of the reef, but I got this picture. It is of the reef, but people are like, what is this a picture of? Right. Yeah. yeah. The next one she mentions is blurred images. Now, focus. Like it, if you've got blurred images, don't even print the picture. Thank Just you. Just del- hit delete. Thank you. No matter how cool and unique it was. I mean. It's a holdover, I, I think, mean, from sure. film days. Yeah, like, okay. You paid it's, for the pictures. <laughs> you get, you snap a, a photo of the Loch Ness Monster. It's blurry. Okay, I guess you're going to keep it because it's, <laughs> it's the, the only, only one. one. right? You got Bigfoot. Okay. Right. Yeah, you're probably UFOs. not going to delete it. So you're jumping in the water. A UFO right. goes by. It's a little blurry. Okay, I get it. But of the sea fan right. that there's a billion photos of? Don't need it. Don't need it. Delete. I was a little, when I look through like all the old pictures from film, it's hard to move 25 years and you're going through all these boxes and you see big stacks of pictures. And they're my wife mostly because I wasn't taken in their 
they're crooked, there's no clear subject, and there's so many out of focus. I'm going, why Why do I have a stack of 500 pictures with six six nice photos that I'd be like? We're going to keep six of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because when you get older and you're looking through old photos, you're not going through 500 blurry pictures. Yeah. You this, want is, those, this is well, one I mean, nice like, photo. Sure. Like, because you got a picture of the kids running down the hallway. Right, right, in, in their diapers, the backs of their heads. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like only, <laughs> only you know who they are because exactly. of your kids. So just, we got a lot of like, who the hell is this? We don't even know who this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're blurry, and I don't even know if they're they're the subject of the photos. Capturing moving subjects underwater is not as easy as on land. The best thing to do is pick a strobe and stick with it. If you're shooting without a strobe, make sure the shutter speed is fast enough to freeze a subject that swims. That usually means higher than 1 70th of a second. If you find yourself having trouble getting complete focus, try increasing the depth of field with higher apertures, f11 and higher. If you know the camera modes well, you can also lock manual focus and move the camera until the eyes are in the focus plane. The only problem with going, you know, up to F11. So just a quick explanation of F, that means aperture, which means the opening in the lens going to the sensor, which would be the film. The amount of light coming right. in. The size of that opening is called the aperture. And the bigger the F... Mm-hmm. The small, the smaller the opening, right? So the less light goes in there. So if you if you start out at four, like a wide angle lens usually starts at an f four, you know, um, and you go up f, you know, eight, f eleven, f sixteen. As you're going up there, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. But more of the focal plane is in focus, meaning in, in as you look out, the things close to you and things far far away from you, more of that is in focus versus one little, uh, a very slim or or yeah, I guess slim focal plane. You know, taking a picture of a person. Yes, yeah, like a, a portrait would be a very low f. Yeah, usually, you know, you, you can do like a uh, 2.8 or a 4. You want a good lens like that. The the higher the the aperture, the larger the aperture, the smaller the number, the more expensive the lens a lot of times. And that's because you want to blur the background. So you, you like put their eyes in focus. But you can get such a slim focal plane that their eye is in focus. Their nose is not. Their ear is not. So you have a problem there. You got to open it up a little bit. So th- those are the things you got to take into account. That's land photo. Now, underwater, like I say, wide angles usually start at like a four just because you want, they know you want more and you need more light. It's a bigger lens kind of thing. If you op- if you sh- shut down that aperture, meaning go up to F8, F11, F16, you, let, you, less, you decrease the light, which means that shutter speed needs to be slowed down to let more light in. So that yeah, you have to have so, that balance, right? So if you're instead of one seventieth of a second, you're you're dropping it to one fortieth or one thirtieth. You have to have a really steady hand, and you might still get motion blur out of the subject if they're moving. But there's one more parameter you can change, and we talked about this before. But it's the ISO, which is the sensitivity of the film, or in the case of a digital, it's the sensor. So you can increase it so it's much more sensitive to light. So that's how you can still keep that shutter speed up there. But with each one of these parameters, you give up something, right? Like I said, with the aperture, you give up the amount of light coming in, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, but it changes the focal plane. With shutter speed, you give up the ability to freeze motion, the blur. And that also includes the motion of the, the photographer. You've got to stay extremely still to get a slow shutter speed. And then with ISO, you give up the quality of the photo like it gets grainy in the film world it was grainy you know you would see the little little tiny dots if you look close uh, that make up the the actual picture right on uh digital it's the same kind of thing but they call it noise okay right digital noise so um you can use software that helps remove some of that but by the same token you can still it takes away some of the detail as you remove it Now, another common mistake that many photographers make is that they focus on the subject and forget to keep an eye on the background as well. Truth. She's talking about cluttered photos. A good close-up shot of a turtle may be ruined by a half-deteriorated beer bottle nearby or another fish's (laughs) tail swimming through the frame. 
Choose <laughs> backgrounds that are going to show your subject most clearly. A lot of coral is too detailed and colorful to serve as a background. So, so look for simple, clear backdrops if you can't get these marine creatures against the blue. Yeah, that, that goes back to subject to a certain extent because the background can be more drawing or more, atten- you know, more attention drawing than the subject then you're, that like, you're trying oh, gosh. to get yeah and that, that's one of my pet peeves is is the backgrounds like in the soccer tournaments and whatnot i get really upset if there's a garbage can i don't get i don't throw anything <laughs> nobody dies but I, i'm like god damn it if there's a good shot and then it's ruined by the background there's a garbage can or a porta potty you know you don't want to well yeah you can have a lot of fish <laughs> crapping in the background and there's <laughs> yeah, ruins, you know, yeah. or, you're you're the wedding photographer for for that underwater wedding. And there's fish pooping and right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How romantic! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of your life. <laughs> it's an omen. <laughs> okay, so th- this next one is is another you know uh, mistake that that new photographers make, even experienced photographers make, and unfortunately, this is another one where I know you and I look at these people and go just. Delete. <laughs> you don't, there's nothing don't. that says I have to show this photo right. to the world. Just delete it, and it's um, backscatter everywhere. Backscatter with the lighting, yeah. So and you it, should explain what backscatter yeah, is. It, just, it, it's a tough one, you know, um, especially when you've got limited number of shots, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you're on something that you, you. It's really cool. It's really cool, but you know when you're you sh- fucked up the photo. Okay, you yeah, blew the shift, man. You blew it. <laughs> throw it away yeah yeah you gotta go take it again and i get it like uh you, you want to hold on it because it's your memory but there's a difference between your memory and sharing that memory with other people yeah, nobody wants to see your memory <laughs> <laughs> i was a bunch of so backscatter is when the light comes off your strobes and hits particulate in the water and reflects directly back on onto the uh, sensor to the lens and so all you see are these little you know lit up particles in the water that's what you're getting pictures of now the beauty of backscatter is well, it's not the beauty but you can almost do the opposite of backscatter in other words you can have a crappy viz day where there's a lot of particulate in the water but if you angle your lights right you just get the subject it, it, the camera shoots right through all that particulate you don't see it you know that's what we call the magic cameras like it was shitty out there it was really bad but i got this beautiful shot because of your placement placement of the of the of the light source right exactly where which way you have it angled yeah she says sometimes having debris in your images is unavoidable capturing underwater scenes with a flash or light highlighting the tiny particles will result in backscatter most causes of backscatter come from improper strobe placement moving your strobes further out away from behind the lens will greatly reduce backscatter Another tip to avoid backscatter is to get in as close as possible to your subject. This Less allows water. you to lessen the distance and debris that is captured, which is going to mm-hmm. take skill. And that's what a wide-angle lens with a dome port is all about. It's decreasing the amount of water between you and your subject, whereas you can still get as close as possible and include the entire subject in it, in the frame, but decrease that amount of water in between. That's why when you want to do wide-angle shooting... You need a dome port, and you need a good wide-angle lens. So you can decrease the space in between you and your subject. So just putting a wide-angle lens on the camera helps, <laughs> yeah. but adding a dome port helps even oh, further. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tremendously. A dome port's the key, man. That's way, you know. That's how I can get and be two feet away from you and still get your whole body in there. Right. Um, of course, there's a little, the better the dome port, and the better lens, the less the distortion kind of thing. But there's, again, there's software that can help with that. Yeah, that's the whole balancing out of getting the, the photos that you want, right? Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, you got to remember water is just the medium in which you're taking the photo. You know, air is nice because it's, for the most part, if you're in a clean place, it's clear. It's not going to, the distance isn't going to affect the the clarity clarity of the picture right right underwater completely different completely different game mm-hmm. yeah huge it'd be like taking a a photo in a sandstorm right exactly or taking a photo in the fog right you can't right. be as far away you it's, gotta be close you gotta be yeah. close yeah i get you um another one is a lack of sharpness if the fish is not sharp it will not be a good photo 
If your underwater photos don't look Confucius sharp. Confucius say, uh, if fish not sharp, you leave, have bad photo. <laughs> Confucius say, if fish not sharp, delete photo. <laughs> delete photo. Yeah, I think, I think at the end of this, you say, you always have the option of delete. Yes. Get rid of, always, that, this is one thing I learned in a photography class. It says, you always put your best foot forward. And you got to remember that. In 10 years, you look back at the pictures you take that you thought were the greatest shot you ever took. You and go, go, why did I put that Delete, <laughs> delete. You'll start deleting them anyway. The more, you know, the more photos you take, the more picky you get. And all these things that we're saying, they have to meet that criteria. And you'll find, okay, well, I'm no longer taking 1,000 shots and, and keeping 900 of them, right? Well, that's the sign of a rookie, right? Right. Is, uh, I'm taking you're, 100 you're and I keep yeah. six. Or, or take 50. Or well, there's a, that's a yeah. sign of somebody who's far more experienced and, and has a bunch of photos. It's, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm like, like you. Like, yeah. you, like we didn't get to take the strobes a couple of weeks ago. You still got some what I would think are nice cool photos. shots. Yeah, but, but you're like, nah, eh, nah. We nah. won't put those out there. <laughs> they're, they're just unimpressive. They're okay. They're nice. I mean, it's a nice shipwreck, nice divers. But nothing that says, bam, bam. If your underwater photos don't look sharp, check to see which shutter speed was used. It needs to be 1 30th for still objects, 1 60th for slow moving objects, and 1 125th or faster for faster moving fish. Those are very, very general guidelines. And, and like all guidelines or quote unquote rules in photography, just remember all of these things. Once you really know your camera and really know how to use it, you can you, you don't just say okay I I must have this right. and I can't work outside of this. You you start playing with it and, and figuring out where your parameters are. Right? Yeah, she uh, mentions that find the eyes of the subject and use them as your focal point. You may be surprised that you can get away with a blurry tail as long as the face and eyes are in sharp focus. And that adds a little element of motion. Yeah, it adds that character yes. to the shot. Yeah, that, and there's a technique with that, and I. You know, you, you talked about those shutter speeds and taking pictures of the soccer that I do. My one buddy who's very good at photography, been doing a long time, he's done professional stuff too. He always says, I won't go below one one thousandth of a second for soccer, which freezes everything. And he'll jack up the ISO and all this. But I'll go to the same game. If it's dark out, I'll shoot at one one fiftieth, one one hundred and fiftieth, and get some of the motion blur of the feet and the ball and even the hands moving when they're running and follow the subject. You, you'll find it adds a, I mean, a really cool dynamic or characteristic to the photo. Like you get the idea that this person was moving fast. You know, it's like taking yeah, a right. race car picture. Right. You can take a, a race car picture going by where the whole background is blurred and the, and the, the uh, race car is frozen by f if you can follow them and, sh and click that shutter at exactly the right time. So those are ways you can use your camera if you know what you're doing. They don't necessarily follow yeah, the yeah. rules. You can take a picture of the of the, the race car that's going 200 miles an hour, but right. it looks like it's parked. Oh, yeah. Or, or you can take a picture of that race car that's blurred in a way that it looks like it's going it's 200 really miles going. an hour. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's where you have to know what you're doing. And that's what a DSLR lets you do, or an SLR lets you do when you have the big camera. It lets you work in those parameters. If your photographs aren't good enough, you're not close enough, said Robert Kappa, the world-famous war photographer. This also applies He's to underwater now. photography. You get a little too close, <laughs> close to the action. <laughs> By the way, he's dead. He was shot. Too far away is the next one that she gives us. There's a good reason for that. You need to shoot through a minimum amount of water. Water absorbs light. If you shoot from a large distance, your subject will be dark and blurry. Approach your subject from a small distance. You'll have to do this by being relaxed and learning how to not scare creatures away by letting them get used to you, breathing calmly, and approaching with your camera already up. Yeah, no jerky quick movements kind of thing yeah. uh, which you know comes back to what we said earlier is you need to be a good diver first thank you and then put the camera in your hand you have to have control over your buoyancy and you have to have propulsion techniques where you're not using your hands yeah if you need your hands to back up right. you don't need a camera in your hand right and, it, and, stay off the goddamn bottom uh, right 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 <laughs> if you need to push <laughs> yourself away to, to get back away from the the reef yeah uh you're yeah, gonna it, go through some dome ports <laughs> Right. Be... You know, um, you see a lot of photos where 
somebody's on the reef and a shark swims by, mm-hmm. eagle ray swims by, but the thing's like 30 feet away from them. Right. right? And then they snap that photo with the camera and they're like, I got a photo of this shark. <laughs> it's a little tiny and, shark. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it looks like a little, little speck off in the distance. You can yeah. barely distinguish it from the rest right. of the blue of the, of the, Water. It blends in, yeah. yeah it just becomes right. part of the background because it's, it's too far away. It is too far away. Now you can maybe crop it if you have a halfway decent camera and you know a lot of megapixels and uh, maybe a full frame sensor kind of thing. So you can it allows you to crop down real small. But you're probably going to lose some of the sharpness. Yeah, you're going to lose right the little... sharpness. You're going to lose quality of the picture, and yeah, it becomes one of those like God, you just missed it. That's all. Well, that's like like shooting understanding the limitations of the, of that gopro shooting right. that right oh yeah you know yeah. I, I i've had stuff where i, I look at it, i'm like oh sweet but then i'm like i'm never gonna get a shot right. that's worthwhile right. you know why even bother yeah it's there it's, it's cool, too far away but yeah like mm-hmm. you'll you'll one you won't respect the the size of what it really was when i show you the picture of this true Right, and I'm gonna go do this huge shark swam by. Look here, I got a picture of it. And it's like a guppy. You're gonna look at it and go that little thing. <laughs> no, 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 no. And, and you should have been there, man. It was huge. It was huge. Well, that 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 goes to something else is that I like to do is you have to put something in the frame to compare. Like if you're looking at sizes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I like a diver in the frame. You know, like we have right. a couple of those shots uh, for Mackinac last year where. It's you on the deck of a big shipwreck, and you can see that is a good size shipwreck because you can see there's the, you, your tiny little, yeah, and uh, how good the viz was. So yeah, you get if you have something to put it in perspective, the size in perspective is is always nice. But yeah, if it's just one one big thing and it's far away, there's nothing to put it in perspective, uh, nothing to compare it, compare it to. All you got is this little thing taking up. You know, there's a little th- tiny thing in your frame. Right, yeah. You've got a, a blue blue shark on a blue ocean on a you know, and it yeah. all gets lost. And it's tiny. Right. Yeah. And that that's where they go next is you know, being too far away is gonna lead to that loss of color. Right. Right. And she says, What looks vibrant above water doesn't anymore when you're under the sea. Water acts like a filter upon colors absorbing and distorting most warm shades and giving them a monochromatic bluish hue. The deeper you dive, the more colors are filtered out. First, you lose your reds and oranges and yellows. For diving photographers, it's highly recommended to carry a white slate with you so that you can adjust the white balance at various depths. Don't forget to adjust white balance as you ascend. You'll need to correct for the return of the colors that were lost at depth. Getting up close and personal and strobing the lights will solve the problem. A fisheye lens or a good filter offer some other quick fixes. True. Yeah, I mean... White balance is a big deal. It's a really big deal with video. Um, in photography, it's a lot easier to correct, especially if you're shooting raw. You can change white balance post, and you know, processing. Um, and you can carry those slates if you want, uh, which is basically a a white card or a neutral gray card, and you take a picture of it, and then in post you can adjust your white balance according to that gray card or that white card, and it makes the whites and blacks be the correct whites and blacks like it's they're supposed to be if you're shooting with a strobe that adds your light back in doesn't it yeah so, so you, now you bring your light with you right so you don't really need the white balance no if you've got the strobe if you've got if you've got the strobe and you've got something up close that you're taking a picture of that's where like you t- you do add the color the real color of like the diver up close and the background right. is all the big blue uh you'll see your actual skin color the color of the wetsuit, you know, the rags, all the all your fins, whatever, whatever things you've got colored, you'll get the actual color versus because, those muted dark grays and blacks. Right, right, yeah, because yeah, because that strobe is bringing that real light right. back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another problem that she gives us that is a common underwater photography mistake that beginners make is they're always looking down. Right. The majority of people start taking photos underwater by swimming over subjects and taking photos from above. However, shooting upwards will not only help to separate the subject from the background, but produce dramatic shots. So practice getting below a subject or shoot at at least eye level if possible. Yeah. When you're shooting down at the ground, it's 
or at the seafloor. It's just dark blue or dark grays or whatever, and whatever your subject is is going to... Is lost in it. Right. So with shooting upwards, you've got the light of the ex, you know external light source, the sun. That's your background. That's like backlighting the subject. And if you get a strobe to light the front of the subject... You've got a you've got a pretty nice dramatic shot, full color. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I guess it's like taking a um, taking a family photo, like in the living room, with all kinds of stuff behind you, right? Versus nice going backdrop. into a studio mm-hmm. where they drop a canvas behind right. you, so that you can get the you pop. Yeah, you pop. Mm-hmm. And uh, shooting upwards with just water behind you creates a nice canvas it's drop right, behind exactly. you. Yeah, yeah. It's a backlight actually cuz you you usually still have the sun up there, right? So, lights up your background, contrasts you the subject or whatever subject you got. Shark. You use a lot of shark subjects in the but in reality, it's usually whatever. Turtles. Turtles, that's what we're looking for. Now, the, the next one that she gives is I think the classic new photographer problem you left the lens cover on (laughs) (laughs) shooting fish butts well that's i see that videography more than photography but yeah dive diver butts diver fins shooting the back of somebody is just it is rookie and it when you first get a camera and you want to show your friends or family this is scuba diving and it's just a bunch of divers swimming away from you or fish (laughs) swimming away from you or a combination you think it's cool because you were there. They look at it and go, yeah. I don't get it. Boring. Next. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I'm going to take up crochet because at least I get a sharp pointy thing. Actually, <laughs> Never attempt to chase your subject. Let the fish swim into the frame. Try to get a photo of a fish facing you. If possible, make eye contact between the subject and the camera, which will make the photo more vivid. And if you're taking pictures of divers, it's up. It, you've got to put the uh, work in to get, get in front them approaching mm-hmm. you, right? You know, when, hanging in the back and snapping pictures of people. That's where when you're when you're shooting you and you want to shoot go, divers, yeah. you're working, buddy. You, yeah, you're working. That's a lot of work. And and if you have a good model, he's working or she's working too. You both have to work together, and you're constantly trying to get in, you know, mutually workable positions or favorable positions. But yeah, nobody wants a bunch of pictures of backs of tanks, backs of fins going away from you. I mean, I do have one good shot of a diver going away from me that well, I was like, that's a pretty good shot. But, so that's it. where the artistic yeah, rule comes in, yes. right? That's the, the exception to the rule that can you, you can make it Yeah, you can make work. it look kind of cool. Right. It's like never shoot down until you got that sweet shot of the, the whale shark right. like swimming below you out in the blue that you can canvas and get this really immaculate shot, like exactly. that one that was in that Dan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, photo. That was an incredible shot, yeah. Right. So that's a great point because we keep we're bringing up rules, and, and when you get into photography, they have all these rules. But then at the end of them, they say, there are no rules. They're, they're, these are great guidelines to help you avoid common mistakes. But if you really know your camera and start to work with it, it becomes another tool that you can wield you know, very professionally or very artistically, if you know what you're doing and all those rules can kind of just go to the wayside because you know the results of breaking those rules. And if that's the, you know, the desired look you're for going for, you you can nail it. You can really nail the vision you had in your head. Yeah. Cause it can be, I mean, I mean, if you're on a, if you're down cave diving, taking photos, mm-hmm. right. And every photo is you at the back, you know, uh, shooting your, your buddies in front of you. And you got butts and <laughs> yes. fins and bottoms of and tanks. Yeah. And, you know, well, looking through a hundred of those photos, boring, mm-hmm. boring, more right. boring. But if, the, if on the other hand, you have a bunch of shots, you know, of divers in the cave and, and all these, uh, you know, divers swimming, doing stuff. And, and, yeah. and then there's one of them of them swimming off in the distance. That's the exception to the rule that yeah. you that you've shot in a way that looks like them like getting lost off into the darkness. Right. Now that could be a really cool shot. But exactly. it's the exception That's to what the it rule. Is. Yeah. 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 It is the exception to the rule. Good point. Bullseyeing the subject. Putting it right in the middle. Yeah. That's pretty That's the next one she gives us. Yeah. It's pretty common, but you gotta also balance it to a certain extent. Like you can't just put a like you have that picture of this turtle here. Put him on one side of the 
of the frame of the shot and then there's it's just blue all over it can look semi artsy but it would be better to somehow balance there's there's a you know the first one was no prominent subject right right and then there's only (laughs) bullseyeing the the, the subject right so there's a balance in between there that goes right and she says remember that when you take a picture of something it's not a target to be bullseyed sometimes it looks good to place the main subject in the center Sometimes it looks even better to follow the rule of thirds. That is framing your subject at one of the intersections below. It's like a tic-tac-toe grid, right? So you divide your frame into three vertical and three horizontal. There you so, go. Uh, that looks like a tic-tac-toe grid. And, where they and you're meet, using those hash marks. Yeah, where they, where they meet, those lines intersect as... Uh, good focal points. For good, the, yeah. And dividing it up like that. Like, in, like they say, try to avoid that center spot. Um, it all depends. Sometimes it's the perfect place for it. Uh, other times, you know, if you're going to put something on like a fish or this turtle we're looking at, like if it's swimming through the, through the frame, you don't want it put all, like if it's swimming from left to right, you don't want to put it at the right side of the frame. So it's like looking out into nothing. You have nothing in a bunch of space behind it. You put like things or people that are looking in a direction, you give it space in front of their eyes. Yeah, so, so you, can you can see where they're looking right. to or where they're going to. It doesn't feel awkward that right. way. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm so with you. just see, stuff I, like I, that you have to remember yep. when you're doing that placement um, outside of the center. And uh, the last one that Elena Wu gives us is understand your subject. Understand your subject. Underwater photography, like wildlife photography, relies heavily on the photographer's knowledge of the subjects. It's fine if you don't know anything about the marine creatures ahead of you, but those who know and understand the behavior of what lies ahead of their lens are way more likely to capture better shots than those who have no clue about their subjects. Oh, yeah. I I know this from soccer, learning how the game is played and, and things like that. So you can anticipate the movement. And you can follow ahead of it slightly. Even that split second gives you a great advantage to getting getting the uh, shot. You really, you know, that really cool shot. Um, so you have to anticipate where's this ball going to go on this on the pitch out there. Where's this player going to go, etc. Underwater, same kind of thing. If you understand the fish and how they move and what the reef is like and where you're going, or even a shipwreck, what a wreck is going to look like from the bow looking up is pretty cool, right? Right, right. Uh, that prop shot, the rudder shot, the diver swimming through the gap or something in between the rudder and the uh, stern. Um, I'm trying to think of some shipwreck term <laughs> of that portion of the wreck. And I, I've the been, ship butt. There are, there are a lot of- <laughs> You mean the ship butt? <laughs> awesome divers that know all those. I, Kevin McGee, if you remember Kevin McGee, that guy knows every- Every single, I was just amazed by every, he knew every term of these old schooners and whatnot, the jib, jab, and windless booms and stuff like that. I was so, I was extremely impressed. And here's me, I'm like, like, you know that thingy by the the thing that steers it? (laughs) And a big twirly thing that goes around. You mean the thing at the back? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, like if you're on the reef and you're waiting for the shark to back up. Right, so you can it's not going to happen. It can happen. <laughs> sharks don't. He doesn't sharks, have reverse. Yeah, sharks can't swim backwards, right? Or if you're, uh, you know, in front of a crab, right? Or and you're, you're trying to get a shot. He's just going to keep walking away from you. Or like if you're waiting for <laughs> or sideways. If you're waiting for the anemone fish, or, or you're waiting for the clownfish to leave the anemone and swim down the reef over to you, probably not. Gonna it's happen. never going to happen, right? So you got to understand if you know if you're waiting for that diver to get off the bottom to stop standing with his split fins and his snorkel it's probably not going to happen standing in a <laughs> standing in a three-point position like he's a linebacker exactly. for the pittsburgh steelers right? if you're, you're trying to yeah. snap his photo if you if you're waiting for him to leave yes. i hope you got a i hope you got the big tank is this our is this our last tip because i want to add a couple little tips too well okay let's so she closes out the article by saying if you want to make a splash with your underwater photography skills these are the things to note moreover underwater photography requires patience calmness and a long period of training very good and uh, she mentions hey share your pictures with us over at deep blue uh that's d-e-e-p-b-l-u.com we're always interested in adding your pictures to our featured section so go on over there people and uh check out their site they got some pretty cool stuff over there so there's there's a ton of 
great underwater photo sites. So get out there and all you got to do is Google search, right? But there are a couple of things um, I would just add to that. And, and we pointed, we've, we've hinted on it. We've keep touching on this. If it's a crappy photo, delete there's a, it. There's a magic button. Stop <laughs> showing us your crappy photos. No, but you may think they're awesome. But if they are not in focus, if they don't have a subject, if they blend into the background, if it shows a bad diver, I don't want to see it. Nobody, nobody even want, I don't want to see it to make fun of it. I don't, we don't need that. We don't need any more of the We don't need fun any of more it, of those, right? yeah. Well, do you think- It I, doesn't do you, put you in a good light. That's what I've always said to you though, right? If you don't look good on my, in my picture, I don't look good. If they don't because, look good, because you, you don't look yeah, good. Well, you want every part of the shot to be good. You do. Because you, you're, you want the diver you're an artist. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of new divers, and particularly a lot of new photographers, don't even understand what's bad about the picture. Right. I think. Right. I hope this article helped them yeah, out. Because me too. I think this is going to help out a lot right. of people that are that are down there taking photos, and uh, they keep saying, "Why doesn't nobody want to look at my pictures?" <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not good. <laughs> Oh, sit on my look at these pictures. You get you have to be brutally honest with yourself with diving and with photography, and especially with both of them to, taken together. Yeah, for sure. If you can't dive without using your hands, you need to learn to before you start taking photos. If you can't control your buoyancy, you need to learn to before you start taking photos. Yeah, if you need to go hand over hand up a line to get from the bottom to the surface. You, you might be a redneck if you, you need. Might, you might have some skills that you need to work on. Before buying a several thousand dollar camera and jumping in the water with it. Now Maybe you gonna, stick to that GoPro. Now, now if you're going to do the head mount. <laughs> head yeah, mount go, GoPro. Go for it. Although, you're probably going to, you know, you get what you pay for to a certain extent in the sense of the amount of work you're putting in with that GoPro, that's, that's what you're paying for paying with that yeah you're that, not going to get much good point yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean if you, if something cool did happen to go in front of your your face like a school <laughs> of hammerheads you know came by and you just sat there in awe and didn't move you might have a 15 second shot but after you start moving oh look and you're looking oh look at that one look at that one nobody wants to see that nobody, they're gonna get yeah, sick yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah another thing that really is isn't a beginner thing. It's just a photographer thing, which I've done accidentally, is putting your camera together, putting that lens on the DSLR and everything. I can't tell you how many times I've accidentally hit from autofocus to manual focus. And on my housing, I don't have a, a method to control or to adjust focus from an external, you know, outside the housing. So basically... It's out of focus. Everything, and it will never focus underwater unless you move physically in and out with, with oh, the camera. Yeah, so it's very hard yeah, to yeah. get those shots that you want. So that's a common, I mean, hitting that little button on the side of the lens accidentally when you're putting the lens to, in the house. Well, that's one of those dynamics yeah. that, that makes so underwater that. photography, right. you know, such a unique. Yeah, it's just one but, more thing you've got to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you can't just. Open the housing up and, and fix that. You know? yeah. You're stuck you're taking, with what you got. You're taking photos <laughs> out in the uh, the desert yes. or out in the mountains. <laughs> no big deal. Right. You don't even think about it. Underwater. Completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely different. And along those lines, too, just like this past weekend, I, uh, I did take my big rig, my big camera rig, with me on the charter, but I didn't dive with it uh, only because it was too much. It was going to be too much for me. Just realize... Your limitations of where you're at you know i haven't been handling stage bottles and deco bottles and throwing several of them on me with the big camera and i have i used to do it well you got to be practiced yeah i got to be much more practiced at doing it but it's been a little yeah, while yeah. since i've been uh diving with a bunch of bottles and my camera so i just choose you know know your limitations you don't need that a yeah, you know who knows what's going to happen uh as far as you're going to screw up you're going to drop your camera you're going to are you even going to be able to use it? Well, that just goes back to what we always say. Is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're getting in the water really for any dive and your dive plan is, I hope nothing goes wrong. It's probably not. <laughs> I mean, it's good to always say nothing's going to go wrong. but Yeah, but, but you go into it. <laughs> crossing your <laughs> fingers. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're setting yourself up for a bad day. Right. Well, hey, thanks everybody for, uh, for tuning into this. I hope you 
learn some cool stuff, send us your pictures. Send us some cool pictures. Send us some crappy pictures. If you got crappy <laughs> pictures, show us what, what that, not that you, to do that you uh, that you don't know. Are they crappy or not? And you want Brando to critique them for you? I'm send them over to our anything. email, wolfielschwartzy at thegreatdivepodcast.com. You know, the few times I've critiqued people or said has always ended in disaster for yeah. me. So I'm I'm taking the philosophy of just shut your mouth, shut your yapper, Brando. <laughs> just shut it. Well, you don't need to give anybody on that your, note, your on that years of experience. Uh, I got to give out a big shout out and a thank you to the people who've been chiming in with some ratings and reviews. That they're, they're, as long as guys they're critiquing well. <laughs> so we got a couple of cool ones recently. Do we have um, any three stars? No. We got, five star, we got a bunch of five stars okay, coming through. Good, so good job, people. People keep sending those five star reviews. Say something nice about us as well, like this guy here. This is from Whitworth 4C. Oh, Witty. Scuba. He hates if you call him Witty. Do not ever oh, call me Witty. Witty. I take back my five star. I give you a three. Scuba, humor, impersonations, hashtag true facts. He gave us five star. The <laughs> review says, I never Crikey, st- mate. <laughs> I never started listening to podcasts regularly until I was turned on to this one. They have fun, make fun, and are fun. I look forward to it every week. I like to listen to it in the mornings on Friday when it comes out, except when Brando does the editing, then sometimes on Saturdays. <laughs> you. <laughs> How do they know it's me editing? It's Chris. It's, <laughs> the cover of it's one of the several people that email me and text me. Right. Where's the podcast? <laughs> They know. They it's know. up your ass, bitch. <laughs> I'm working on it. My butt hurts from sitting here. <laughs> yes, it's somebody that, that, knows, uh, that knows us. They cover a variety of pertinent topics and have fun while doing so. Highly, highly recommend. Two thumbs down for a dive podcast. This is good. Awesome. I love that. That's, that, that inspires me. Those, those are really nice reviews. Except that one about when I'm editing, but still, still acceptable. <laughs> uh, very funny and entertaining from an infrequent diver gave us five stars from P E B L O G P E blog P blog P blog. He must be. Uh, this must be from uh, P fog. <laughs> might user. be that company we got working on our P fog. <laughs> For distribution. I love listening to the show. I was certified in 1995 and have been an occasional diver, mostly on vacations. My husband and sons got into diving, and it's been nonstop ever since. I love the stories and the articles they discuss. Lots of fun, and they have a good time and lots of laughs. That is true. We do. We definitely do. Um, and uh, we do it for you guys. And uh, we get messages like this, and it gives us that drive to keep them coming. Did you ever see that commercial with that Indian in the trash? And yeah. And they show him, and the tears going down. It's <laughs> yes. me right now. It the, is the me one, right now. Yeah. Although it's a tear of joy. It's, one it's not teardrop. a tear of trash. It's a tear of joy. One teardrop of joy. That's the first tear I've had in 40 years. We got another one from B Middle. <laughs> B Middle. Five stars. Really enjoy it. This is a great show. They are entertaining and funny. Looking forward to more disaster lasagna. Nice. Well, hey, listen here, B Middle. It's another one of the fan favorites. So you guys get ready for uh, for what we're cooking up. <laughs> disaster lasagna. We need a tragedy tiramisu. <laughs> <laughs> need some... <laughs> Sorrowful spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, tragedy tiramisu. <laughs> 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 He's trying to think of uh, something else that uh, yeah. starts with a T. Uh, yeah. Tomato soup, tragedy tomato soup. Okay, everybody. Hey, thank you to everyone on uh, Patreon. It's the beginning of the month again, and uh, we just got a reminder of all you people who are helping support the show. Uh-huh. Huge big thank you to yes. everybody. It uh, really helps us keep this thing alive. Um, all of you who've done ratings and reviews, big, huge hugs and kisses from us. Uh, hugs and kisses. Oh, man. I'd hug and kiss every one of them if... Uh, if if I saw him, I give him a slap and- on their ass with my split fins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Till next week. Hasta luego. And safe diving. Wait, snake, snake. Safe snapping. What's that's safe yes. clicking? Clicking. How about safe, safe photoing? Safe photography. How about fun photography? How about? I don't know. I'm looking for a good sign off. Safe shutters, everybody. Don't you go changing. Dive safe, folks.
Those, right. So I have to, I take those out with Photoshop, which is a lot more work, you know, when you, oh, if you're going sure, through like, sure. you know, 150 shots and you're removing porta potties and garbage cans out of 30 of them, you're, it's a long process. You know who's good at this, though, was uh, old Stanley Kubrick. Like, if you look at his movies, he paid so much attention to the backgrounds. He set up every scene. Everything was chosen for the background. He wanted to to make it look a certain way. Well, that's the the, the artsiness of, of... Well, he was a photographer. I don't right, know if yeah, you yeah. know that. He was, like, a world-class photographer before he became a world-class director. Like, he was one of the most hardest person to work with as far as, we got to set up the scene, we're going to keep doing it over and over Yeah, because he's not just filming you talking right. at the bar. Right. Right. It's... I'm filming this guy talk at the bar, but this is in this is everything the in the scene means him. something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. and if you see it in there, it was purposely chosen, even to the smallest detail. And a good photographer can do that as well. I mean, the really good ones will they'll keep going and moving around the subject to get the exact lighting, but also the exact background that they want. And underwater, it's pretty critical too. 